Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Team Builder Podcast. Again, this is Hewitt Tomlin. I am the co-founder of Team Builder and your host of this podcast. Team Builder, as you know, is the number one strength and conditioning tool out there for coaches. If you haven't checked out our latest feature, it's called Online Payments Portal. To put this really, really simply, uh, we allow you to build your programs on Team Builder and set them for sale. And uh, we give you a link to share to the world once people sign up and pay. You get the money and they get to train on your programming on our app. This week's guest is going to be Erica Suter. Erica is a great strength coach uh, who works in the private sector, primarily in the youth space. She has a large background in soccer. Eric and I, we went to the same college together. We are the same age. We both graduated Johns Hopkins 2012. She was a prolific soccer player there. Um, but we don't get too much into soccer here because Erica trains a lot of sports and is mostly interested in training humans as opposed to training in specific sports or athletic programs. Uh, Erica brings some great perspective on how her perspective on coaching has kind of changed over the years, including uh, a, a point that she describes as rock bottom in 2018. We talk a little bit about that. Uh, Erica is with a facility called uh, J Dyer Strength and Conditioning. Uh, she also has her own website and her own podcast. If you go to ericasuter.com, you can read her articles. She writes quite a bit, puts out a bit of content. And her podcast is, I think, eight episodes in right now. And she does a lot of solo casting, meaning she just gets on a podcast and kind of speaks on her own. Um, I never even thought about doing that. My assumption is that no one wants to hear Hewitt talk for an hour about whatever is on his mind. Um, but I was kind of interested in the idea. If you feel like you want to uh, get a solo cast in there from the big man, uh, let me know because I'm not going to do it unprompted. Uh, maybe one person says, hey, I don't think it's a terrible idea. I don't know. Maybe I'll think about it. Anyway, enjoy this week's episode. Let me know your thoughts. Hey, Erica, how's it going? Hey, Hewitt, nice to see you again. You too. So we both, uh, to give the audience some background, we, we both went to college together. and We were both in the, the D.C. kind of Maryland area for a long time, uh, you know, building our careers. But you and I did something similar this past year. We're both living in, uh, in totally different places. Yeah, it's weird how it's like so parallel. Like we both went into strength and conditioning and then we both left Maryland <laughs> at yeah. the exact same time. <laughs> yeah, I think we did it at the same time. So, you know, obviously in my case, we're a remote company now. But in your case, like I wanted to ask, you know, you were doing quite a bit of in-person training, um, you know, in, in Maryland facilities and Johns Hopkins and so on. So what does your coaching situation look like now as far as in-person versus remote? It is totally different. And I had been doing in-person coaching for almost nine years in Maryland. And then when COVID happened in 2020, I started to get into more of the online space. Um, not uh, full time before that, but COVID really pushed me to at least move like 90% of my business online. And I was so grateful to have had team builder set up before like the first lockdown happened. I think a lot of people were like scrambling at that time, but I had been using you guys for, I think two years before that hit. And, and that was really helpful to have that in place because 
with all the people coming online in 2020, like I had the bandwidth to handle it and it just made the transition a lot easier. And I work with a lot of youth athletes, as you know, and, and they love the setup. They think it's very user friendly and it was just really, really helpful during that time. And now that I'm in Florida, I'm 10% in person and 90% online. So it, it flipped once I got down here. <laughs> That's like absolutely incredible. So do yeah. you feel like that flip has like enabled you? Like, do you feel freedom? What, what do you think are some of the biggest benefits to you in terms of your career and quality of life? I I definitely feel more relaxed. And I will say that the strength coach grind that everyone talks about is very real. (laughs) And it definitely catches up to you. And like all those years of working in the facility environment and being on my feet for like six to eight hours a day straight, not being able to sit down was something that really took its toll. And I, I definitely got to a point back in like 2018, 2019, when all that burnout had just accumulated. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is a lot. And it got to the point where I was like, I don't even feel like, like I love what I do, but my energy was so depleted that I felt I wasn't showing up best for my athletes. And that's like why we're all in coaching. We want to be able to motivate our athletes and show up for them in a way that that helps them and inspires them. So now that I'm able to do a lot of the remote work, it's, it's much more relaxed. Um, it is still a lot of work when you're customizing programs, but you can really set your schedule a lot better. And you obviously don't need to be on your feet or go to the facility all the time. And it's just a, a really nice change in pace. And now with like the in-person clients I'm working with, like I really enjoy going and I don't feel like I'm overworking myself in that regard. Um, To kind of observe the other side of things, when you, when you got the idea or made the realization that you would be training people online and remote, was there any kind of fear that um, you would be like sacrificing some of the skills or the gifts that you had acquired by training people in person? Like, you know, for me, I think about like, there are some things that I'm really good at in person that I may not necessarily be good at online. And that would kind of scare me. Do you feel like your in-person coaching, well, did did you ever, were you ever scared that you're going to be like starting over from scratch by doing just online as opposed to in person? I don't think I was scared. It was more, okay, like, what's this going to look like? Like, how, how is it going to work? And it, it took me on a, a while to refine my my system for my remote clients. But um, as far as like the Zoom check-ins, I wanted to keep them as similar as possible to my in-person sessions. So like really hammering down technique, like obviously you're not there standing next to the athlete, but even when I am coaching in person, I'm not using like, I'm not touching my athletes. Like I don't need to do that. Um, I'm doing verbal cues and that's the same with remote. I'm using verbal cues. So if you're a good, a good strength coach and you know how to cue well, the, the Zoom check-ins are, should be very easy. Um, I mean, some athletes need like that tactile like cue, but not a lot. 
Um, mm-hmm. So it definitely like challenged me to use like really good cues and to really refine that craft. And yeah, I mean, I don't think it's like that much different. The only thing that I was a little worried about was like the, the speed and conditioning days. Like a lot of my remote kids are doing these workouts on their own. So I just had to shift it to, okay, you guys are competing against time now because you're not there competing against the rest of the group. And that that's one thing I, I miss about a lot of the in-person coaching is those like intense run days when everyone's just racing and competing. But mm-hmm. the kids who do do remote are very self-motivated. So those um, run days aren't an issue for them. And I give them the time standards they need to make or if they're using a heart rate monitor or what they need to be getting. Um, so that's been a big change. But now I finally feel I've like settled into it. And it, it is very similar. Gotcha. Um, is there... Uh, are there other ways of including competition as opposed to just competing against yourself? Do your clients know each other? Do you try to build community or is it very much kind of a one-on-one thing? Yeah, well, that's a, that's a great question because uh, we've been making use of the the leaderboard on Team Builder. Mm-hmm. So just seeing where everyone stands with all these other athletes who are in other states is... is they real- don't know each other, but except for on Team Builder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, we do like time standards on like the, the 10 yard, 30 yard, uh, conditioning drills, um, the hang competitions, the pull up competitions. So that's been really cool just so everyone can compare it to other high level athletes. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's just been like such a great feature, especially with like the teams that I work with because coaches want to be able to hold their players accountable and make sure they're doing the workouts and getting the benefit. Yeah. So I, I have clients that um, use team builder and they, they charge as little as 20 bucks a month for programming, which of course, if they're doing that, they're looking to, to really scale things out. And then I have other folks who just, you work with 10 clients at a really, really high end rate. Um, but obviously are more intimately involved with them. Where do you think you fall on that spectrum? And do you have any opinions about where a coach should fall on that spectrum? Well, I actually offer both of those. So Mm -hmm. I I was finding that there are some people who want to pay that higher end price because they want the engagement. They want the the detail with the technique. They want the check-ins. They want the, the messaging and the accountability. Whereas some other people are okay with just getting the program. So yeah, I would say like the, the 20 bucks a month is probably like a, an average price for if you're doing like lower end stuff, I do 29 a month for, for my general mm-hmm. programming, but for uh, my higher end programming, it's up to almost 300 a month. Um, and I'm actually about to raise that. So, um, wow. but that, it's just so, it's so much engagement. Like it's weekly zoom check-ins access to texting me uh, video feedback. Um, I send uh, Monday and midweek motivation quotes and texts. Like it's, it's a lot. Um, and with the youth athletes, some, people do need that, but then some are just like, you know what? I'm fine with just the program. You don't even need to talk to me. <laughs> so that's yeah. why I offer both because you you don't know what you're, you're going to get. And, um, I think yeah. it's good to have that cheaper option to make it more accessible, uh, especially with, with youth because parents don't want to drive to a facility. Like they just want a program done for them and just outsource it. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to that lower end kind of out of the box programming, and when I say lower end, I mean lower end price, not quality. Yeah. Um, 
do 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 you expect to kind of over deliver? Like, because I'm thinking of myself. I'm a good example of this. I, I bought programs that are like out of the box programs, and I'll, I might DM the person or or email like, what about this? What about that? You know, like yeah. and like if someone you know messages you on t- on Team Builder, they're paying thirty bucks a month. And they're like, what's your opinion about you know super green? super greens powder like do you do you over deliver or is it strictly like this is the programming if you want more you know talk to me about my higher price plans how, how do you kind of treat that i definitely over deliver um like i tell people you're not going to get any engagement from me but you uh-huh. know sometimes i will throw in that motivation text to my general coaching client uh-huh. um i will throw them into my private facebook community of, mm-hmm. of higher end clients and other professionals that are in there. And I will post a lot of content on helping with technique, but then it's like, if you want a little bit more than that and you want the weekly accountability, then you do need to sign up for that higher level coaching. But I do like to over deliver and not just, you know, give them the program and be like, all right, good luck. Like yeah. definitely want to uh, engage a, a little bit and just let them know that, that I'm here. Um, but if they need even more then they need to upgrade. Yeah. And, and when someone does upgrade, like for what's the highest package that you would offer? Like if someone came to you and said, I need as much as your time as I can get, I'm looking to make big changes. What, what would that look like? That's going to be around 500 a month. Um, mm-hmm. and maybe even more. Some people like to book that extra, like one-on-one call, um, mm-hmm. sometimes they like to do it every week. So yeah, that's looking to be over like 500 to okay. 700 a month. Do you feel like a life coach at that point? Or are you still a performance coach? It's, it's the whole thing. It's the whole <laughs> thing, huh? Yeah. You know, honestly, like if, if people did that, like that's like, I'm not pumped about it because of like the pricing I'm pumped about it because like when people make that investment in themselves, yeah. like with time and money, then they're going to make a drastic transformation. Like right. I have, I do have clients who are doing that higher end pricing and just to see where they were a year ago and where they are now is just incredible. So, yeah. um, that's one thing people need to keep in mind is like, if they are going to offer like the general programming, I don't know what, you don't know what type of client is going to be executing that. Like, are they consistent? Are they really committed? I don't know. Like, I feel the more you pay and invest, the more you're willing to really change and and make that transformation. When someone purchases that high end package, do you feel like a real sense of responsibility for, for, you know, eliciting some changes in their life? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just, again, like you said, just going above and beyond, like giving them extra, maybe give, giving them gifts a couple times a year. And mm-hmm. it, it becomes more than like the strength programming. It's like, okay, this is like human performance programming, you know? Like, Meaning and, like, you go like, through their schedule and you, you actually work around nutrition and, and training within their life schedule, work and anything else related. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's really more of that than like the physical training. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so with that being said, you're not really flexing your programming muscle at that point, as much as you are like kind of your lifestyle management kind of time management, you're kind of a productivity, really you are a life coach at that package. Yeah. 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 And, um, a lot of the things we discuss on our zoom check-ins is like the nutrition, uh, stress management, your your friendships, and all these other pieces that affect how you show up for training or games. 
So yeah, we're, we will go over like plyometric technique or like deadlift technique for maybe like 15 minutes on the call. And then the rest of it's like, okay, get out your journals. We are journaling right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're just going to talk about life. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So uh, the, the out of the box programming you run on, on team builder, when it comes to the high end package, do you just transact with the client individually? Is that kind of like a more personal interaction? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So in your opinion, the benefits of the payment portal is your ability to scale. Like obviously it would be a pain in the ass to Venmo or PayPal for 30 bucks a month with every person who buys that package. Does, yeah. Is that, is that the main reason you use the team builder payments portal or, or are there other conveniences that are meaningful to you? Yeah, that's, that's the main reason because there, there's so many people out there who want that general program. And like, the last thing I want is to have like a hundred members and like individually, like, like manually, like set that up. So it's just awesome. Like they just go to my homepage, they click the the pricing plan they want, if they want to sign up for three, six or 12 months. And then once that's in place, then like, I don't need to do anything. And Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's definitely good, good for scaling. And then like the higher end people, I mean, obviously it's going to be like a smaller number, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I do that separately from payments yeah. portal. Yeah. And your website, did you build your website yourself? Did you use a, like a, a build it yourself tool? I, um, I have a web developer who I outsource to because mm-hmm. I, you don't want me doing that. Like I'm not, <laughs> I mean, I could figure it out, but it would take me hours <laughs> yeah. and I'm like yeah. too busy coaching, but yeah, I have someone who set this all up for me. So I, I really recommend people to, to do that. Um, and then they just integrated a team builder onto my site and, and set up like the payments and everything. Right. Just hyperlink the, the URLs behind the buy now buttons, which is what we recommend people do. Um, By the way, did you see the checkout links that we made? Um, So, you know, it used to be that you just had one URL to like your landing page for your program. And we figured that, figured out that people were hyperlinking to their website. So their website would have a buy now button or sign up button. And then it would take them to the team builder landing page that had another buy now button uh, Mm -hmm. to click. And what we did was, is we created a second kind of link called a checkout link, where if you use this link and hyperlink it, it actually just takes them right to the checkout process. Oh, so they'll see like fill in their information so they don't have to click buy now and then buy now again. It's just going to take them right to the payment flow, but it will also take them to, to team builder to do that. So oh, okay. that's cool. Yeah. We, we kind of launched that feature and we did send an email out announcing it, but it was, you know, such a nuanced feature. I don't think a lot of people realize we did that. So you can, you can actually check that out in the payments portal when you get a chance. Yeah. Um, awesome. But that just leads to my next question on the website design. Did, did you learn from anyone like our website? I built it here at team builder for us. We acquire most of our like customers online. So we feel like the website is super important for how people like get, you know, convinced that they want to try team builder. So I put a lot of time and effort into it. How, how did you go about building your website from like a design and branding standpoint? Did you learn from someone? Did you kind of uh, like intuitively know that you had a brand and you were able to communicate that brand on your website effectively? Mm-hmm. I I had a lot of conversations with my my web developer who's also really good at at branding and uh-huh. she's taught me a lot and was like look like 
people like attention is currency at this point. And like people's attention is like, just, it's so limited. So as soon as they land on your homepage, they need to know exactly what you do. Like, why are they even there? And then the second Mm -hmm. thing is, okay, where do you want to direct them? Like what, what's the goal? And my, my goal is like either like blog free content, if that's what you Mm -hmm. want, or um, sign up for these programs. If you're here for a transformation, it's just those two things. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want it to be extremely clear, like who I am and like what I'm offering, like, what are you going to get out of this website? Yeah. Um, that's exactly how we did our website too. It's you scroll through a website, you're going to see essentially two buttons that you can click. One is the start free trial button. The other one is schedule a demo. Like those are the two things that you can do. Um, you know, besides log in, right? Because if you offer too many options, people are like, well, you know, I've been on those websites, right? You're like, well, there's a lot of stuff going on here. There's an ebook, there's a newsletter, there's a lot of, it's like, just keep it kind of simple. So it's cool that your web designer kind of introduced you to those, those best practices. I suspect that some people listening to this podcast are going to ask you for like a, a, a referral, like a recommendation. Who's your web designer by, by chance? Do they take uh, referrals? Yeah. Yeah. So Natalie Ming interactive, um, I've been using her for like the past decade. Uh, uh-huh. she, I met her at a fitness conference in my first year. Uh, no way. Like, yeah. She's what was she like, doing at a fitness conference? So she's, she's done like uh, bikini shows. She does photo shoots for bikini models. She does uh, uh, digital marketing. She does web development. She is literally like superwoman. Um, and she knows the fitness industry inside and out. And she does wow. do stuff for strength coaches. And I just connected with her. I like saw her booth and I was like, wow, this is awesome. And, um, I hired her like within my first year. I mean, it was a very scary investment, but it's, it's so worth it. Like your, your website is your home base. Mm-hmm. And you, you need to have that home base for like to be able to tell your story and what you do and then direct people where you want them to go. And yeah, I've, I've just been using her for all these years and, um, she's grown a lot. Like she's, yeah, she's like a branding specialist and she just, I trust her with, with everything. Like it's like what she did with my new homepage design when I rolled out these team builder programs was mm-hmm. incredible. Like I, I just see like my email subscribers have gone up. Like my, my books are, are going up. Like it's the traffic's good. Like it's just crazy. Like what, what she's done. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's it, investments are scary. Like I totally agree, but to yeah. see like a big investment pay off, it has a big payoff. You know, if you spend a hundred bucks on a website template and it pays off five X, you're making 500 bucks. Great. Good for you. If you're really going to go with someone and put some money into it and it comes back five X that that's where you really move the needle. So yeah. that's what I would say to, to folks on here is that, that there are some tools out there that are expensive that make your website look good and all that. Um, but if it does pay off the bigger, the investment, the bigger, the return, um, investing with other people too. People are probably the most expensive resource out there, but good people, whether they're employees or partners can really go a long way. Um, do you have anyone else that you would consider like an important resource in your career besides Natalie at this point? Um, I would say, I mean, I'd say to Eric Malzone, we both know yeah. him and um, he's, he's been a mentor of mine for I think three years and 
he's helped me a lot with just uh, digital marketing for digital products. When I release my books, um, mm-hmm. he's helped me a lot with like e- email marketing, uh, scaling, um, just logistics. I wouldn't even think about because when mm-hmm. I got into this, I was like, you know, I just want to coach and, and every strength coach is like, yeah, I don't want to worry about business yeah. coach. And it's like, guys, you need to understand that if you're, you're in the private sector, you need to get to the point where you know how to, where you learn business. Um, you're, you're not just a coach. Um, you are a business owner. You have your personal brand. You're a marketer. You do the PR, like you're like a a one man or in my case, one woman show, and you need to be adept in all these skills. And Mm -hmm. Eric, Eric has helped me get, get a lot better with this. Um, and think, think more long-term and, yeah, he's he's been really helpful. Would you go as far as to say that in the online training world, the best programming and the best coaching doesn't necessarily mean success? That there there, there are some other like uh, necessities besides those two things to be successful in coaching. Yeah, I mean, I, I think like relationship building is is a big one, and just having the the right people in your corner, um, like people who help you like fill in the gaps with like your own personal weaknesses and people you can learn from. So yeah, I think just having a, a good network is is super helpful. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's pivot over to like the social media side of things. Um, I won't like go on a rant talking about the fitness industry on Instagram because like, I think we all know, you know, it is what it is. Um, but I guess what we could say is like, you know, between fitness professionals like yourself and the like vast amounts of what I would call fitness enthusiasts out there, there's a lot of noise on social media, right? Um, you and I probably have people in our lives that again, are fitness enthusiasts that are trying to build a brand or maybe even make a living by, you know, putting that out there. And quite frankly, I, I think it's okay, right? If people are moving and they're trying to get other people to move, that that's not a bad thing for the world, but it does create a lot of noise. So how do, what is your approach to social media and kind of cutting through the noise, if that's even a goal of yours when it comes to, to social? Yeah, social media has been such an interesting journey for me. And I've used it just to get out just a very niche message. And I think like eventually niching down is is critical because mm-hmm. when, when you niche down, you're like really trying to solve a problem. And for me, it's more of like the growing youth female athlete and the, the stupid things that are happening in the youth sports industry and how it's making injuries go up and girls burn out or girls feel not confident and insecure. So I saw like a very big problem and mm-hmm. I said a lot of things in my blogs and on Instagram that triggered people, but um, in a way that was like, huh, I need to think about that. Like that, that might make sense. I need to, you know, see what Erica's saying more and uh, dive down that. So yeah, it's really just like being passionate about solving a problem that that you love and that, that you really want to solve. And it, I feel everyone's like <laughs> saying like the same things over and over again. And mm-hmm. that, that means you also have to like share some of yourself too, and like your story and your why. And, and that also um, give, gives your audience more like trust and relatability. With yeah. You. 
did that did that did it take you a while to kind of come to kind of find out what that was or do you think it's relatively a, like a quick process for someone to realize you know why they're in the industry what they're particularly passionate about um how long did it take you to kind of figure out what you were specifically passionate about I knew right away. I mean, I, I got into this because I've, I mean, I've really been doing strength and conditioning since middle school and mm-hmm. I saw the, the payoffs both physically and my soccer performance, but then also mentally for a lifetime, even when I finished playing college and semi-pro soccer. So as soon as I started, I was like, I just want, I just want youth to enjoy this. Like I, yes, of course I want them to get faster. I want them to do all well the field, but like, I really want them to enjoy learning how to lift weights, how to be disciplined, how to stick to a program. It is going to be invaluable stuff for a, a lifetime. So that's, that's why I do it. And, um, I put a lot of blogs out there for free. I put a lot of YouTube and Instagram posts for free because I'm mm-hmm. passionate about educating people because yeah. I see a lot of parents, it just exposed to the, the wrong information and parents feel pressured to do certain things for their kids. And I want to show them this, this other way <laughs> and yeah. this other way where it's like, okay, well we can uh, prevent things like overuse injury and burnout. So think about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you feel like, do you, can you see yourself making a material impact over the course of the, the past decade, past five years? Um, do you feel like your message is like resounding and and getting out there and and changing some things? Yeah, definitely. And one of the, the coolest things is getting a DM when people are like, Oh my gosh, like you, you completely changed like my daughter's life or her perspective on this, or you helped her confidence here. It's like those, and I've gotten a lot of those messages. Like those messages are like why I do this. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely see the impact happening. I probably don't know the extent of it because some people, you know, they just follow you in the shadows and don't reach out. But then like when the people, um, who do follow you and they vocalize your impact, it's like, Oh wow. Okay. I'm, I'm doing something. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So that's super cool to hear by the way, that I I can only imagine I, I, you know, I get something similar from coaches who use team builder and see a big impact from it, but you know, to, to hear from a parent or hear it from someone's child, I think means especially a lot. So that's super cool. Yeah. Um, up until now, we've talked about how you kind of market and share your message online. I mean, obviously you're, you're mostly an online trainer and you're smart. So you know that in order to scale, you have to use the tools of scale, which, you know, the, the internet is a, a big one. Do you have any ambitions or plans to kind of market yourself or expand your brand um, personally? Do you plan on speaking or doing anything with yourself in person? Or do you kind of beholden to, you know, expanding your business and your brand online? Mm-hmm. I I definitely want to just keep expanding it online. I mean, this, the, the rollout of this general program, like this cheaper option has been huge. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just making youth speed strength and conditioning much more accessible. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, the programs are, even though it's like a quote unquote general program, the programs are really in depth and customized to like the in-season athlete, the off-season athlete. Are they a middle school age? Are they high school age? And mm-hmm. just these, 
these progressions based on their age. Um, so I'm really pumped about those programs and it's just, it's awesome that they can execute this on their own. And that, that was like a huge step for me. Um, but you know, down, down the road, I, I have like a lot of goals of like writing a print book and Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, it's not, it's not anything online, but it's just something I've been wanting to do for so long uh, because I, I do sell eBooks and all that, but I think for a, a young teenage girl to have a physical copy of a book is going to be so impactful for her to always refer to. Um, I see. So, so that, yeah, the, the, the book is something that you, you feel like uh, you want girls to pick up and carry. It's like a reference guide, not just a one-time read. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. That's a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just, I have so much content on my blog. So it's like, I literally can hire someone to transcribe my blogs into a book, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like might as well. Um, because some people like they, they love the blog and they will search through it for the topic that they want. But I think that like physical book would just be so much easier for them to access and just to take notes on. (laughs) I think there's something fulfilling about having a book kind of be a representation of your work. You know, um, I, the, the idea has been passed around between James and I, you know, I, I don't think our, our business is like totally unique, but we do have a unique business in that we've bootstrapped it and it's very niche and we didn't, raise any capital or investment. Um, but as much as we, t- we talk way, way more about it than any actions ever been done on, on having a book come out. I think maybe it's between awesome. running a business and writing a book. It's those are two uh, big time demands. Well, Hewitt, maybe this will be like our third parallel thing where we both release a book in the same year. At the same time, in the same year. Yeah. I'll, I might have to hire a ghostwriter if that's the case. Hey, I'll do it. Uh, yeah, you'll do it. Uh, your moonlight job uh, on the phone from eight to ten o'clock every night, just talking out loud to someone on the other end, writing it yeah. down. That actually seems like the best way to write a book. Yeah, uh, totally. <laughs> um, if we, seriously, if we release a book in the same year, I'm going to be like, I don't even know anymore. Like, yeah, I guess Johns Hopkins would call us and be like, "Who are you guys?" It's a good testament to Johns Hopkins. People leave the university and do everything, you know, similarly. Um, That's true. uh, It's cool. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, On the topic of goals, that's a really cool goal. What, what other goals do you have for yourself and are goals important for yourself? Um, You know, where where do you fall on, on setting, on, on goal setting just in general? (sighs) I, I do set a lot of goals for myself and I, I have to write them down because a lot of them are very like long-term thinking. Um, Mm -hmm. so I have to like write them down and see, and like almost create like a vision board, like, okay, like what are some of the daily, weekly, monthly steps I need to take towards this goal? Um, Mm -hmm. so like writing a, writing a book is like, this is like a next couple months type thing to get started. Like I want to want it to happen soon. Um, but I, but I also have goals with my business. It's like, I'm at a point like financially where I want to be able to incorporate more like community and service into my business. And I'm really passionate about, uh, domestic violence awareness. And that's something I want to use my, 
my money towards. Um, there's a, there's a quote I, I heard somewhere. Uh, I think, forget what it was. It's like, you have to do well in order to do good. So doing well, as in like, you got to be like financially stable in order to do good for the world. Um, I think, uh, and this, we can go down a rabbit hole of, of money mindset, but a lot of people, when it comes to making more money, it's like, oh, well, you know, you're, you're selfish or you're, you're using it for bad. And it's like, well, that doesn't always have to be the case. Like you can mm-hmm. use it for um, things that mean something to you and where you feel that you're making a difference in the world. So that's, yeah. that's the next step of, of my business, because I am lucky enough to say as a strength coach, like I'm in a place where I'm like really content. Like I don't have a need for much anymore. Like I don't need like all these like luxurious things. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. I'm just at a point where I want to create more impact with organizations that I'm really pumped about. Yeah. Uh, That's a fantastic goal. Um, it's so cool that you mentioned that because entrepreneurship is not easy. Um, once you attain a level of financial stability, I guess some other, some other desires or goals come into mind, right? Because at first, you know, the, the financial stability is a big pressure. And then once, once that pressure is alleviated, you start thinking more open-mindedly about that. What do I really want now that the kind of survival instinct has been kind of tamed. Um, and for you, it, it's, it's causes things that you're personally passionate about. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it, um, it took a while to get to this point. I mean, like over, over nine years and, um, that survival mode, it's not, it's not fun. It's not fun for an entrepreneur, but once you get over that, then you feel like you can really start enjoying your work. Like entrepreneurs, they are passionate about what they're creating, but when you're in that survival and stress mode, it's not as much, And now it's like, okay, I'm grateful. I can, you know, really like be excited about this and then do even more things with this to create it. You you kind of think with the, you, you get some more clarity as to, you know, where your values are and where you want to make an impact. I I can certainly relate to that. Um, I can, because as you mentioned, the, the, uh, the pressures in the beginning are not easy and it is, you can have long-term and big goals, but it's hard to think clearly about them until you kind of get past that stage where you create some stability for yourself. So it's cool that you mentioned that. I, I think that's really cool. Um, do you, I mean, do you see your, it's kind of cheesy talking about five-year goals and 10-year goals. I hate to bring that up, but I'm just curious, do you see yourself as a lifelong fitness professional or do you, do you have some other ambitions kind of at play that you think might play a larger role in five, 10 years down the road? I'll always have fitness as a piece to what I do for, mm-hmm. for the past several years, it's been the thing, but now I'm just, it's just this organic transition into more of being like a holistic human performance coach, mm-hmm. especially for, for young girls. And I forgot to mention like the, the podcast that I'm doing a second podcast with my friend, Jenna Bradshaw, who's um, a female strength coach and it's called girls to Queens. And it is a podcast for 
young girls on how to live uh, purposeful, healthy, and fulfilled lives um, because they're not necessarily learning these things in the education system or from Hollywood celebrities or from these figures that they put on a pedestal. And um, mm-hmm. we just know the information that they're constantly hammered with. And we're just like, this is so like toxic. So we're going to present an alternative message to what they're getting. Um, We're going to give a new take on what women's empowerment is. Um, We're going to talk about feminism. Is it freeing girls or is it keeping them slaves? Um, So we just want to help young girls like not play victims, but be victors and help them understand holistic health, help them understand mindset and perspective, help them understand how to set boundaries with their friends or in their relationships. So it's like literally like this holistic picture and we will talk about fitness, but there's like all these other topics that we're going to go down, like social media and dating and finding the right people who respect you. Like, it's just, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> so yeah. well, this I sounds... see myself being like a mentor to young girls in like five years, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'll start a school. Who knows? <laughs> well, so the 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 t- topics and the content that you're going to talk about, your your education on that was that all based on self discovery, or how did you yourself personally kind of come across, you know, what sounds like a, like a newer kind of more modern perspective on on you know female performance, or I guess you call it female lifestyle, right? It's been 100% self-discovery and looking back, I'm in my thirties now and it's like looking back on all the mistakes made in my twenties that I could have avoided, um, that I could have, you know, made decisions where I felt more fulfilled or healthier or healed and, it, it's all been a hundred percent self-discovery and, and Jenna mm-hmm. my co-host as well, where, um, we're just like talking about episodes we want to release. And like, one of the biggest ones is like things we wish we learned as high school girls. <laughs> um, oh. Another one's mistakes we made in our twenties and in college. Uh, so we're, we're going to be like brutally honest and just share, share like what we've been through and how we overcame it. And, I finally feel like in my thirties, I'm at like a point of like equilibrium. <laughs> like uh, it took a while, but <laughs> I just yeah. feel at peace. <laughs> yeah. Um, but a lot of it was like unlearning, like stuff that you learn from society as a, as a woman and like playing the victim all the time and complaining and blaming, blaming men for everything. And that's, mm-hmm. that's crippling. Um, but you know, yeah. a lot of girls are exposed to that, you know, like we hate men, like all, all that messaging. And we're just like, no, this is BS. Like we're going to yeah. have something else. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's super cool. So when, when do you do this podcast? Cause I, I'm interested in listening. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We're going to, I think we're going to get a lot of girls listening, but a lot of uh, men will <laughs> get a lot of good information. Uh, it, the first episode drops on uh, Friday this week. So. Oh, Friday this week. Wow. Yep. So you must be super excited then. Yeah. We're pumped. We've already recorded like three episodes. Like, <laughs> uh huh. yeah. Just the two of you kind of solo casting between each other. Just the two of us. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yep. Yeah. It's, you know, there are a lot of podcasts out there, mine included, you know, my little podcast, but um, it never fails to surprise me how people still find like very valuable, meaningful 
uh, like topics and niches to feel uh, fill in the podcast world. And yeah. kind of what you're talking about is is super cool because, um, I, I, like you know, without even hearing an episode and without even being a woman, I'm listening to you. I'm like that. You know, it's intriguing and it definitely feels like it has something really unique and valuable to bring. Yeah, yeah, we're excited, and we were like doing some research out there, and there's there's not a podcast for for young teenage and college girls that talks about what we're about to talk about. Um, there are podcasts out there for this audience. Um, but it's not really advice that we think is healthy. Um, so I don't know if you've heard of like the call her daddy podcast, but, um, I wasn't going to mention it until you did, but like, I'm just sorry to interrupt. I just like some of the better known female led podcasts out there, you know, are, they're kind of like shock jock, but you know, for females, right. Is, Is that not what it is? Absolutely. And and that's what propelled us to do this because we're like, dang, like a lot of these girls are exposed to the advice they're getting on call her daddy. And I'm like, well, I don't know if that advice is coming from a host who's in like a, a healed and good place. Um, you know, I'm not just, I'm not saying, you know, it's wrong. People can choose whatever they want to listen to, but we, we want to offer like the opposite perspective of that. Uh, and right. why it's why it's worked for our own fulfillment. So yeah, it's funny you've yeah. heard of that podcast because it's like this is what teenage girls are listening to, you know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's I, I think it's even like a barstool podcast, and I have yeah. my opinions about barstool. I'm not a big fan, and yeah. it kind of like took the barstool mentality and then just kind of flipped the gender on yeah. it. That's what it seemed like to me. Um, exactly it. It's exactly yeah. it. Sort of like girls trying to be a bunch of frat bros, um, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, which you know, it's not to. I, I don't think it, anyone. It's not fair to say like, oh, it's okay for Barstool to have those podcasts for guys and not for women. It's totally okay for both to exist. Yes. Um. That that's fine. Um. But yeah, you're you're definitely on to something. Like, can we make a cool podcast that's based around you know human? performance like not just physically but it sounds like holistically like you mentioned yeah yeah and um that's in the physical the physical side of it will will be there but like i i want to keep that more on the soccer queen so the soccer queen's podcast is only going to be training uh physical development and sports science and and people who are just on the cutting edge of training for young girls. And then the girls to Queens is going to be more of like the mindset and relationships and setting goals for your career and um, financial management's another piece. Like there's just so many things that, that we want to dive into on that one. Yeah. I think it's so smart to, to kind of split the genre up. Um, That's so fun. Well, I think this is a good place to end. I had no idea going into this episode that you, we're working on that second project, but I think that's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super pumped. So you'll have to tune in on Friday. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll definitely tune in on Friday. That's going to be sweet. And if we can use the team builder platform to promote that, uh, I'll, I'll pass it along. I don't know why I'm saying this on the recording, but I'll pass it along to, you know, our marketing folks to make sure that we get your, your message out there and see if we can share that with people who, who follow us. So happy to that do sounds it. Sounds great. Yeah. Um, Erica, this was so fantastic. Um, again, the purpose around this was to kind of highlight someone who was, you know, really doing a good job at building their career online and, you know, using the team builder payments portal to do it. But, you know, more than that, kind of how they achieved that. And I think, I think you did an awesome job at kind of expanding how 
on your journey and how you got here. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you soon. I'm sure you'll be back on and uh, looking forward to your future and continued success. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. All right. See you. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Team Builder Podcast. If you have an idea for a guest or a topic that you would like us to discuss on our format, go ahead and reach out to me. My email is hewitt at teambuilder.com. Thanks again for listening.